slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Rice! Another spectacular stop! Broussard tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. We have got a lot to discuss on today's show. We have the winner of the Bob Nystrom Award, so that is always a, a welcome thing. We're going to take a look at the Islanders' defense, because now no more Devon Taves, no more Johnny Boychuk. How does that fit in? We'll talk a little bit more about the NHL's plans for the upcoming season, the latest rumors and information that we've got, and uh, we've got our Islanders' birthday of the day. Always fun to do that, and it is uh, a pivotal player in Islanders' history. So lots to discuss on today's show and if there's something you want us to discuss that's islanders related please feel free to send us an email the email address locked on islanders at gmail.com and if you leave your name and where you're from we're happy to mention you on the air when we talk about your topic of choice your question or your comment you could also follow the show on twitter at locked on isles and you could follow me gil martin on twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. So let's start off with the Bob Nystrom Award, and we had our poll, and no surprise, Matt Martin wins the 2019-2020 Bob Nystrom Award, voted by the fans, so the winner of our poll also wins the official Islanders poll and gets the award. This is Martin's sixth Bob Nystrom Award, he won five straight from 2011 through 2016. Matt Martin, uh, 242 hits to lead the Islanders and uh, during the season and considering the amount of time that he missed during the regular season, uh, a very impressive accomplishment. Uh, by the way, Casey Sezikis had won the previous two years. In the playoffs, Matt Martin, red hot, five playoff goals, which matched his entire regular season total in 55 games, also led the Islanders with 103 hits. And you got to remember, that's 103 hits for Matt Martin, a guy who realistically probably plays 8 to 10 minutes a game most of the time. So it tells you, you know, how active he is. And, you know, definitely congratulations to Matt Martin. And we hope that he will be back, and, and again, the sixth time that Matty Martz has won this award more than any other player uh, since it has been awarded. The first winner, Brent Sutter, back in 1990-91, and, uh, 
you know, most of the time it's it's one of the hardworking, digging, checking forwards, and that makes sense because we're talking about, you know, Bob Nystrom and the kind of player that he was, and it really makes sense. So you had, uh, you know, I believe there's only uh, two defensemen who have ever won the award. That would be Adrian Acoin back in 2003-2004 and Rich Pilon in 1997-98. Garth Snow was the co-winner in 2002-2003 along with Jason Blake. So a goalie winning it once and uh, a defenseman only coming up with two wins. But overall, this is uh, usually going to a physical or checking forward and uh, that is sort of how this has played out. Meanwhile, uh, on the NHL front, uh, looking like a 56-game season is more likely. That is what the league and players are both leaning toward at that at this moment, according to a report by Frank Saravalli of TSN up in Canada. Here's the deal. They're still lo- looking at January 1st officially, but both sides have considered pushing that date back to January 15th, mainly because the NHL is running out of time if they hope to get January 1st going. 56 games is the preferred schedule. There's another plan out there that deals with 52 games, but these talks are ongoing, and again, You still have to work out the economic differences as the owners have once again asked the players to put more money into escrow and go from there. And, you know, it really becomes a difficult question for the players. You obviously want to play. You don't want to have the entire season canceled. And it becomes a little bit of a gamble if you're the players. Yes, the owners signed a collective bargaining agreement just you know, a few months ago, and now it looks like they want to change it. Uh, I think that things have changed a little bit as far as the way things are on the ground, whereas, you know, it looks more and more likely that we will have few, if any, fans uh, at games in most NHL arenas this year because of COVID. And look, even though a vaccine is coming shortly, actually getting enough people to take that vaccine and to get it, you know, all across the country. It's not going to be a situation where a lot of people will have it uh, come January 1st or even January 15th. It may be until maybe the tail end of the hockey season or maybe even the playoffs when we start to see enough people being vaccinated and, and hopefully everything goes smoothly. But Uh, you know, the idea that there won't be fans in the stands for most of this season is looking more and more likely with COVID uh, spiraling higher and higher numbers throughout the country. So tough dilemma. Does the NHL Players Association stand pat on this year and say, hey, it may hurt us down the line, but we'll deal with that when we get to it? Uh, Are the owners entitled to make a profit, an operating profit each year? That's a different question, uh, but also something that has to be put into the mix. At the end of the day, the NHL and the NHLPA have to do what's good for the game long term, and that definitely would not involve 
ending this season or not starting this season because that would be an absolute mess. All right, we've got a lot more to talk about on today's show. We'll take a look at the Islanders' defense and focus on that. How do they get by without, uh, you know, two key players from their top six last year? We also will have our Islanders' birthday of the day and a whole lot more. Stay with us. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Islander fans, if you're like me, you've tried a lot of protein bars for your workout, but the taste isn't right and and the texture is just, it's tough to chew. That is never a problem with Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It comes in 18 amazing flavors, both nut-free and with nuts. And how about these six new flavors? Cherry Barcia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, Caramel Brownie, Apple Almond Crisp, and my personal favorite, Cookies and Cream. All the bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew, and they are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. Perfect for the keto diet. Let's take a look at my favorite flavor, Cookies and Cream. 17 grams of protein in every bar, just 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. Right now, go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's the promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Don't forget, coming up on the show Wednesday, our next show, we will be discussing the Islander salary cap situation, and again, how they can get Matt Barzal signed. It's the big question facing the Islanders with training camp getting closer and closer to us. Right now, a very special Islanders birthday of the day. Uh, We're a little early on this one. There are three great Islander birthdays this week, but all of them later in the week. So we're going to start off with J.P. Parise, one of the big acquisitions in Islanders history, acquired by Bill Torrey in a trade uh, in February of 1975, two days apart from the Islanders' trade for Jude Druan, also with the Minnesota North Stars, and Parise, who, yes, is Zach Parise's father, and uh, would have turned 79 on December 11th, unfortunately, JP passing away a few years ago, but what an addition he was to the New York Islanders. Came on in 74-75, played the final 41 games of the regular season for the Isles, 14 goals and 30 points in those 41 games, and then in the playoffs, 17 games, 8 goals, 16 points during that magical 1974-75 playoff run that put the New York Islanders on the map. Parise then played three seasons more with the Islanders, two full and one half, uh, before being traded back to the Cleveland Barons. Ended his NHL career after the 78-79 season, 890 games played, 238 goals, 594 points. His most productive season was with the Islanders as far as uh, Goals that were concerned and points, uh, 75, 76, 57 points, 76, 77, 25 goals. Those were two of his better seasons, although 72, 73 with the North Stars, he had a career high, 75 points. But here's what J.P. Parise and Jude Druan did 
They added leadership, experience, and depth to that Islanders team and took them that big next step from being uh, a team that had young talent and was kind of on the rise to a team that can go all the way to the Stanley Cup semifinals and take the defending Stanley Cup champions to a seventh and deciding game. And most importantly, J.P. Parise scored one of the biggest goals in Islanders history. That's the game we're going to look at, April 11th, 1975, at Madison Square Garden. And it's the Rangers and the Islanders, game three of a best-of-three playoff series what was then called the preliminary round, Billy Smith, the goalie for the Islanders, Gilles Villemure started for the New York Rangers, winner take all in this one, and early on it was all Islanders. Clark Gillies gets the Islanders on the board first, his second of the playoffs, Bob Bourne and Burt Marshall with the assists at 16 minutes after one period, the Islanders surprising the Rangers one to nothing. And remember, the Rangers at this point, this was their ninth straight appearance in the Stanley Cup playoffs. The Islanders were an expansion team in their third year, making their first ever playoff appearance. And the Rangers were at home. But in the second period, again, the Islanders getting the job done with the Rangers down a man, Ron Greshner off for tripping. Dennis Potvan, his first career playoff goal from brothers Jean Potvan and Bob Nystrom at 8.26 of the second, 2-0 Islanders. Then, the Islanders get a shorthanded goal with Jerry Hart off for holding. The Islanders get another goal from Dennis Potvan. He earned his reputation as a Ranger killer early. His second of the game, second of the playoffs, Lorne Henning and Ed Westfall were with the helpers, 12.51 the time of the goal. After 40 minutes, it's 3-0 Islanders, Madison Square Garden, dead quiet. But the Rangers come back. First, they trade goalies. Jill Villamure exits. Ed Jockerman comes in. And then Bill Fairburn gets them on the board. His third from Walt Kachuk and Ron Greshner at 444. Fairburn again is fourth from Steve Vickers and Brad Park at 1327. That was a power play goal with Jerry Hart off for hooking at the time. And then the Rangers tie it a mere 14 seconds later. Steve Vickers is second from Jean Rattel and Rod Gilbert. The, the Rangers were piling on the shots late in that game. They outshot the Islanders in the third period 14-4, to but Billy Smith managed to come through with some huge saves. And later on, a number of people said if Smith didn't come up big, the Islanders would have lost in regulation. Plus, they say, if there was a little bit more time in that third period, the Rangers were just pouring on the pressure. So the game goes to overtime. And, you know, if you went at Madison Square Garden to get a beer or to get a hot dog and you were a little late getting back to your seats, you missed it. Just 11 seconds into overtime. Jude Drouin finds J.P. Parise in front of the goal. He beats Ed Jockerman, and the Islanders win their first ever playoff series with that big, dramatic overtime goal by J.P. Parise. And I'll tell you something else. What this does is it shifts the balance of power in New York hockey. 
All of a sudden, the Rangers, who had, again, nine straight playoff uh, years up until that point, they look old. They start trading away some of their big players. Uh, Ed Jockerman, Jill Villamere, both gone by uh, early November of that fall. And then all of a sudden, you trade away Jean Rattel and Brad Park and Derek Sanderson. Meanwhile, the Islanders, they start building. They go on that long playoff run in 75, fall behind the Pittsburgh Penguins 3 to nothing, win four straight games to become only the second team in NHL history to come back from a 3 to nothing playoff deficit and win a best-of-seven series. They fall behind the defending Stanley Cup uh, champion Philadelphia Flyers 3 to nothing in the semifinal series, win the next three, force a Game 7 at the Spectrum, but Kate Smith, the Flyers' good luck charm, sings God Bless America, Ed Westfall, brings her flowers, doesn't help, and at the end of the day, the Islanders lose that game, but establish themselves as the new kings of New York hockey and really began what was a decade of outstanding hockey from, let's say, 1975 to 1985. I don't know if there were too many teams in NHL history and certainly not in New York hockey history that had as good a 10-year span as the Islanders did then. This goal by J.P. Parise was the start of it all. So uh, we wish J.P. Parise uh, a, a happy birthday. He is our Islanders birthday of the day and a key figure in Islanders history, the late, great J.P. Parise. We've got a lot more to talk about on today's show. We'll look at the Islanders defense, analyze it, see where they're at. Are they as good on defense as they were last season? We'll talk about that and more on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, don't forget, by the way, if you want to hear what's happening around the National Hockey League, don't forget to listen to Locked On NHL, and uh, they'll keep you up to date on all the latest stories, trends, and news from around the league. So uh, always good to get a league-wide perspective, and it's a very, very good show. I know that you'll enjoy it. All right, Islanders defense. It is uh, a big, big question. And what is this team going to do with regard to that? Because defense is the foundation of the New York Islanders. Under the Barry Trotz system, they win with defense. And now Devon Taves traded to the Colorado Avalanche. He is no longer there. Johnny Boychuk has to end his career because of his eye injury, he is no longer available. You still have Adam Pellick, Ryan Pulak. You still have, uh, you know, Nick Letty. You still have Scott Mayfield. Those are the four definite returnees. Andy Green has signed, well, has not signed, but has agreed to come back according to all sources, but that deal isn't finalized yet. Noah Dobson, I think, is a big part of the key. And look, the Islanders and Barry Trotz in particular, and Lou Lamorello also, really, do not like to rely on rookies and younger players all that much. We see that up and down the Islanders lineup. But now, 
let's say Andy Green comes back. Then you have Noah Dobson to round out your top six. And, you know, is that good enough? Is that top six, Green, Dobson, uh, Letty, Mayfield, Pellick, Pulak, is that enough to get it done? You may have Thomas Hickey uh, down in the minors. You may have Sebastian Ajo available as a seventh defenseman. But one thing the Islanders definitely had last year on the blue line was depth. And let's say you go 56 games and then you go into the playoffs. Do the Islanders have enough depth on the blue line right now to get it done? Because even assuming that you re-sign Matthew Barzal, and I have every reason to believe that will eventually happen before this season gets underway, the Islanders are not going to win a lot of games 7-5. That's not the style of hockey they play. You also have a different goaltending situation, and you're relying on, yes, a very highly touted Ilya Sorokin, but a guy who has never played an NHL game and who may need time to adjust to playing the NHL style of hockey. At the end of the day, it is vital that the New York Islanders' defense be strong. I I, I think that this is how they open the season. Pellick and Pulak as the top pair. That's unchanged from last year. I think Nick Letty and Scotty Mayfield are the 3-4. And again, that gives them a solid top four defense uh, with a little versatility. But then I think it's Andy Green, assuming that they actually sign him, uh, as and Noah Dobson as your 5-6 with a number of different options, as I mentioned, uh, you can have Aho, you could have Hickey, a uh, number of different options there for the seventh defenseman if you need it. But right now, no doubt, on paper, uh, the key, there's two keys to maintaining this defense as solid and good. Number one is health. You, you've got to stay healthy because the depth that you had last year is not there. There's less depth this year than last year on the blue line. Number two is that you're relying on Andy Green to not fall off at his age, 37 going on 38. You're relying on him to be consistent and give you that 15 to 17, 18 minutes a night and not have his play fall off. And you're counting on Noah Dobson to continue to develop and to prove right now that he's ready to play that 15 to 20 minutes that a third pairing defenseman will get and that he's ready to contribute most likely on the second power play unit and ready to get the job done uh, for the New York Islanders. And those are, I I think that it's very possible that you have you know, Dobson ready to step up and Green ready to hold on and continue to play consistently, then you got to hope that there are no major significant injuries. Look look at last year. Uh, you know, you lost Adam Pellick for, you know, a good portion of the season, and he wouldn't have come back if it wasn't for the COVID disruption. So you have a situation like that, and 
then the defense, which the Islanders rely on so much for their success, may be a problem. So that's where it stands right now entering training camp. We'll obviously keep an eye on things and as they develop, but uh, I think the Islanders can still be solid and good, but it is a little riskier because of the lack of depth compared to a year ago. That's going to do it for today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Stay safe, everyone. We'll be back Wednesday with another episode that drops like we always do a little after midnight, 1225 a.m., Monday, Wednesday, Friday during the off season. I'm Gil Martin. Stay safe, Islander fans. Be well. And of course, let's go Islanders.